Or you can be that the, the puppy starts doing that behavior and you're like, you're done, boom, into the pen. You've lost privilege of being in my, in my space. You've got to wait 20 minutes until we bring you out again. Mm-hmm. Again, that could be a problem because if it's got zoomies and it's in there and you haven't, you haven't, been, you haven't set them up before. So if you know it's that time, do a training session, go for a little walk, drain the energy into other areas rather than onto you. So I think that's another. Important. I just laugh when you say when when you say zoomies because there's a subreddit on Reddit. It's literally just called zoomies, and people just put up photo videos of their dogs doing zoomies. Yeah, man, you see them like doing like the circuit around the house, yeah. up onto the couch, yeah. and up over here. And yeah, look, it's fun. It's fun watching them, but yeah. you got to harness that energy yeah. if you can. So yeah. that's and that was a question I was going to put that on the Q and A, but I'm just going to tell her that it's up in this episode because it's all kind of you know bringing mm. your puppy home. This is what you're going to expect for a couple of months. Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostu. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Alright, give me one sec. While I'm drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Episode 11. We're back. Puppy 101. And before we start, a Merry Christmas to everyone. This is going out on the Sunday just before Christmas. So, yes, Merry uh, Christmas. Hope maybe you get to listen to this while you've um, got a belly full of Christmas food. That's it. Enjoy. And you'll be listening to this on my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 22nd of December. That's it. The big 30. Big 30. Hey. Dirty 30, huh? Yeah. So, um, Puppy 101, we'll be talking about bringing your puppy home. Yep. So, we've got a little list here. So, if you're looking at me, looking down there, so I can not forget yeah. anything. Good follow-on from the last episode too because we talked about, okay, what kind of dog? Should we go to a shelter? Should we go to a breeder? Mm-hmm. Well, and then once we've made that decision, what do we do once we bring that dog home? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you should be getting your puppy at around seven, eight weeks old. Yeah. Any earlier, it's a little bit too young. Um, That's what I think. And Are there like- any laws around that? Not that I know of. No. I don't think so. But it's just general practice that they- It's good. It's they good. don't separate it from the mother before that. Well, if that critical period happens between seven to 17 weeks, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, critical period, listen to episode three, the three crucial elements to puppy yeah, development. Yeah. And yeah, episode three. Yeah. yeah. So, check that out um, because a lot of that we may revise over some of those things or I'm just not going to bother going into too much detail because we spent 45 minutes talking about that before. But um, if the critical period happens around then, then it's probably a good time that the puppy goes. Normally, you see about seven, eight weeks. Mm. Eight weeks is probably good. Give them a little bit extra time. Mm-hmm. If the breeder's doing the right things, they're already doing a lot of stuff as well in that early time. Really, really important. If you just keep the puppies in the backyard and they've never seen what outside is or what other dogs are or like, they don't have to be socialized with other dogs, but just seeing people and different noises and sounds and things like that, very, very important. Mm-hmm. Teaching them how to share and aggressive behavior is not tolerated when they're eating from the same bowl and all this sort of things. You want someone with experience mm. so we're not me- messing up the puppies. So when you bring your pup first home, well, first of all, before you bring the puppy home, have an exercise pen set up. And what I would recommend inside the exercise pen is that you attach a crate to it. So a crate for everybody is a cage that has a roof and walls and a little door. Mm. But we're not putting the puppy in there just to begin with. We want to have them um, attached to the exercise pen. Look, everyone's got a different t- um, swing on all of this and they have a different way of approaching it. But what I've seen and what most people are going to do is that they're going to do this. So inside the exercise pen, there's a bed inside the crate. 
And inside the pen, there's going to be like a puppy pad, a pee pad. Yep. You will have um, obviously a bowl of water, its food and some toys or whatever for it to play with. And inside there, this is the reason for it, is that if you're not attending with your puppy, good management that we talked about in episode three is that don't let your pup run free in the house. Have a place for the puppy to be. Teach the puppy that it has to be there on its own because you will need to have a shower and go down the street and go to work eventually and all these things, and you want the puppy to learn where to be. Keeping him in the laundry, some people do. You can do that as well, but I just prefer to have that exercise pen because a pen can be moved around and... If it's middle of summer, middle of winter, having a puppy in the backyard, probably not suitable um, if it can escape and things like that, which we'll talk about in puppy proofing. So having that exercise pen. Now, also in amongst all of that where the puppy can be in the pen, you want to teach it how to be in the crate. Have I talked about crate training? We, we covered it briefly in, in the puppy episode, I think. Yeah. Yep. So just Because look, there's always going to be overlap with these episodes. For so, sure. And then sometimes it's just a different angle on something that yep. you've done before. So, That's it. Yeah. So- um. So, yeah, so with the crate, we just want to teach the puppy eventually that it stays inside of its mm. crate for a certain amount of time. Yep. This is good for um, dealing with destructive behavior, especially with toilet training. And then, of course, with teaching the dog or the puppy how to be on its own and finding- mm. a, like and a, it's a safe space for the safe. dog to feel- This is my spot where I sleep. Cozy and, and safe. Yeah. And A lot of people that they go find, we started doing crate training. He's like, you know what? That puppy, that dog doesn't even bark at night. We open the crate. The dog goes in there, Mm. eight hours of sleeps there. We let it out. Happy days for the rest of the day. So I think it's a really important thing. And it's starting to become more, more of a, of a norm now that where people are um, recommending. So would you say previously it wasn't such a common thing or? I don't think so. No, No? people would just let their dogs in the yard. Huh. What Um, do you think changed that? That we started to, well, I guess, look, a lot of our information starting to get better because of the internet. Yeah, sure. Um, Social media. and pe- People are, are expressing, hey, like, you know, work dogs stay in crates and they, they aren't suppressed. They just know this is their When you say off. crates, you mean like the back of, let's say like a police dog's in the back of the van. That's yeah. technically a crate, isn't it? Yeah, or those dogs will be crated at night. Yeah. Um, or maybe they'll just be living inside the house with, with their handlers. So, it's all very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the dog just learns that's your your space to be calm and then we let you out. Now, of course, starting crate training is going to be um, a, a challenging thing. Even the puppy for the first night it sleeps can be very challenging. So what I would suggest is if you are – okay, so something that Glenn in the Canine Paradigm said also, um, perfectly, he says the first two weeks is like hell week. It's like you're going to be struggling. The puppy will be freaking out at night time and not know how to be on its own because it's never been on its own. It's been yeah. with its litter its whole time. And, and now yeah. and now it's it's not with with its litter. So Short-term pain, long-term, long-term gain. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. 100%. So get that crate or that exercise pen. I'd say the crate would be ideal for this at night time. Mm. So again, put- just to clarify, crate is a box caged yep. in the shape of a box, mm-hmm. has a ceiling. Yep. The so- cage is six sides. That's right. right. So it's a yeah, basically a cage where the dog cannot, where the yep. puppy cannot escape. The exercise pen. Well, hopefully the puppy doesn't escape out of the exercise pen. But it's basically a playpen. Yeah, where it's it can, just an, an area, an area where yeah. it cannot jump out of, yeah. and it has a space to be, yeah, get more freedom. So at night time, you like you got to teach your puppy how to be in the crate as well. You probably put that crate for the first few weeks next to your bed, so that way there every couple of hours you wake up, you take the puppy out to where you should go to the toilet, ideally in the backyard on the grass. Goes to the toilet, you bring the pup back in. It'll cry and carry on, whatever, but at least it can smell you. You know that you're close by, but you're not holding it in your arms where it doesn't know how to be on its own because mm. it's very bad. Mm. And then over time, that crate can then move slowly, slowly out into the living room or wherever it is that you want the crate to be. Yep. Or alternatively, you can go the other way and be like, that's just where you sleep. You got your pen. 
attached to your crate. The crate's open, but you'll go naturally into the um, to the crate to go to sleep because that's where it's a cushiony spot. And you'll carry on and bark and whatever. I'm just going to leave you there. I'm not going to give you any attention until you're calm and relaxed. Mm. And they and then the puppy has opportunity to go toilet on its little pee pad or out. Normally, they don't do it in the crate, which they probably could. You just have to change the bedding. And that way, then they have a place to go sleep on their bed, but then they've had good um, consistency with being in there. I prefer teach a puppy from young how to be in a crate. Um, it, it, as you said, at first it will be a pain in the ass, but then over the rest of its life, it knows what a crate is. And, um, and I think it's a really good handy thing because when you're going to be moving around, traveling, vet visits, it may need to stay inside of a crate. And at least you've done all of that. You do that for the first year, then you don't have to consistently use a crate. You can let the dog sleep out in the yard, but at least it knows what a crate is because it's been hardwired to understand it. When you've got a dog in a crate as well, um, <clears throat> let's say when you're starting to get the dog used to going in a car, say, is that is it a good idea to use a, a traveling crate as well? Yeah, you can. Yep. Either crate them or harness them in the back seat. Yeah. But as in uh, what I'm saying is like if they're, if they're used to that sensation of being in a crate and then using a traveling crate yeah. to feel calm and safe. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It works really well. Some people, um, a lot of people do that. If they have the space, it works. If they don't have much of the space, then it can be hard to chuck a crate in the back in the car, seat. Yeah. Um, but, um, but especially if your dog's going to be on the ute and stuff, like, I think it's just better. It's more safety. Mm. You can get like special crates that are going to withhold an impact as well. Right. Which is, um, yeah. And, and, if, and don't get a, if you're going to a strong dog, don't buy a, a flimsy crate, buy a good one so mm. he doesn't like break out of it. And then he learns how to get out it's of It's amazing crates. how many people you see actually driving around with their dogs just loose in the car. Yeah. And I, I've we've, I've been guilty of it as well. But there is actually the law says that the dog has to be actually- Restrained. Restrained. Yeah. Has yeah. to be secure in there. Mm. So, um, so yeah. So, that's, that's, my, that's my take on the exercise pen in the crate. Obviously, we can go into a whole lot more detail about it. If you do it right from the beginning, it will be struggle for the first month, let's just say. Mm. Um, but then you're going to be able to go longer along. Some people still can't leave their puppies and they're like six months old. They can't be left on their own because they haven't- Given if the dog can do an hour, it can do three hours easy. Yeah, it's once you get to that hour, norm as again, general rule. Once you get to that hour, it's a lot easier to go further from there. So, um, again, talking about separation, if your puppy's making noise and freaking out and lots and lots of noise, and you go to its aid because it's got this separation distress happening, you've just reinforced the making the the mm-hmm. whining and the making of the noise yep. means that it will get attention. Yeah. So I think that's um super important that you don't. Go to the puppy while they're doing this. And this is why back tying a pup even like so well back tie is that you have a puppy on a harness and you tie him to a post to a tree or whatever and you just stand a few meters away and you hang out. Every time the puppy starts to calm down, you mark it, yes, and then reward. Yep. Yes, reward. And yes, if you reward. don't know what uh, marker training is, there's a whole episode on that as well. That's it. So go back and listen yep. to that one. And if you can start showing the puppy how to be on its own, then that's this, that's some of the first steps. Of doing this. So, for example, I seen a client not long ago with a little, like, cavoodle sort of dog, and they couldn't leave the dog. Like, in an apartment block, the dog was making a lot of noise, and this is a big problem as well, especially if you live so close to people. Yeah. So, the dog was successfully escaping the exercise pen as well, so then it was getting reinforced for jumping out and being distressed, and this wasn't a good thing. So, we showed him how to use the crate, and um, for the first, like, three nights, it was a little bit like it took him some time to get used to. The puppy now walks into the crate. They zip it up. They tell crate. So, we get the food. We say, crate, 
the dog goes in, the puppy goes in, we reward. Yeah. Create reward, create reward, we zip it up, we go out, we come back, reward, reward. When you're calm, we open it up, we let them out. And we did that, like, you know, three-minute intervals, 10-minute intervals, 20 minutes, and then we extended it. And eventually now, no problem at all, no barking because the puppy, we've just conditioned it to a new thing. Something about the crate just settles them down. So um, so I think it's really good. It takes away the hope of getting out mm. and banging in the crate and messing it around. So if you are going to um, – have you like even with that exercise pen? Have it like secure. What I do is I'm um, get the wall hooks, you know, like the command wall hooks yep. that go to the and put them around the on the floor around the pen, so then the puppy can't push it out. Um, I've seen that from oh, a client. Okay. I thought it was really cool. Clever. Well, you can like tie it to the to the table and stuff, so it keeps it secure. Because if they start moving it, they're like, hmm, this 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 um distressed behavior may get me out of here. Right. And then again, what's the difference if you're in your pen? Or if you're outside of the pen, like you're still on your own. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the puppy realistically has to be on its own. Yeah. So do it right from the beginning. At what point does the crate, at what point do you graduate the, the dog from the crate? A normal crate. Mm. Um, some people use a crate religiously all the time. Every night the dog sleeps in its crate. Through its whole adult life. Yeah, for yep. sure. So I had a friend of mine brought a dog to my place. She would play all day, but she brought a crate because she didn't want to get out of the routine. And she knew that her dog would be settled in there. You know, eight, nine o'clock came around, opened the door. I'm like, in your, in your bed was her command. She ran in there, closed it up, hmm. came back eight hours later, let her out. Didn't hear a peep from her and she was like a year old. So she's been conditioned to do it. Sure. And, so no, know, there's no reason to stop it. Yeah. No. Necessarily. You don't have no, to. No, no, for sure. Okay. But, you know, especially in the young ages, because like, for example, spades can stay in my house for a whole day and they won't do anything, you know, toileting, mm. no destructive. So mm. you don't need to do it there. But some people have the crate door open, the dog walks themselves into the crate to go to sleep, even without it closed. So, mm. But it can help when you have babies. Like, for example, my clients just had a baby and the dogs are a little bit too much and get a bit stressed when the baby cries. I'm like, you do your crate? They're like, oh, we're going to do it at nighttime. Why not do it during the day? And then see how much settled. As soon as I went to the crate, they all settled, didn't make yeah. a noise. And they're like, I, they just didn't think of it. So God bless them. They did the right thing. But you can see there that there was a, um, that was a management thing that worked really well. If you can't manage the Dogs and the baby, dogs go in the crate or in the yard, and then you can deal with it. It's mm. super, super easy. And um, so, yeah, so that's going to help with separation distress. Do not go to your puppy when they're making noise and freaking out. Don't reinforce bad behavior. Unless you know that they're like in like a real panic and they've got their legs stuck in something yeah. or whatever. So yeah. get a baby cam and you can watch it from yeah. another room, right? Huh. And um, get the baby monitor, yeah, dog get, monitor. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You know, there's a, there's heaps of different brands now that, that show the um, – the puppy making the noise or whatever, and it will notify you the puppy was barking yeah, for I've 20 minutes. I think um, fur, fur bar, fur ball or something. Yeah, it'll send you a note, a notification like yeah. you're at work. That's The it. dog's barking. You can actually almost like um, FaceTime the dog. Yep. And it can hear your voice. And Yeah, sometimes s- a bit. That could be a bit dodgy. I wouldn't do that. <coughs> no. Because then the puppy gets stressed out <coughs> knowing that it can okay. obviously hear the owner. Good so, clarification. Yeah, and it can spit treats out when it's been good. So that could be handy as well. Um if you do have a, if you do live in an apartment block or whatever, what I, or even just general normal housing, go to your neighbors. Go, look, we just got a puppy. We're doing training with it. We really want to know if the barking or the distressed behavior is getting, um, overwhelming for everybody. Don't be, don't let Strata or council be the first point of contact. Give them your details and let them know for yourself that you know what's happening. It's because you may not be in the situation where you under, that you know that the dog's been making noise. Yeah. Five minutes is fine. If after five minutes a dog settles down, it's fine. Something called an extinction burst. We haven't speak, spoken about an extinction. Extin- extinction burst. So what happens is, this happens with humans as much as it does with other animals, is that a behavior will get more intense before it 
goes extinct. So extinct right. meaning that the behavior stops. Gets worse before it gets better. It, that's true. Yeah. So, for example, if we had a graph and um, vertical would be intensity and horizontal would be um, duration, yeah. then you would see that as duration goes on, that intensity goes higher and higher and higher. Now, most people go to the dog at the higher in- higher intensity than what it was last time. Yeah. Okay, let me go back a step. Sorry. So it goes higher, higher, higher. If you ignore it, it gets peaks really quickly and then it drops off. Yeah. And then you may get a couple of extinction bursts, but then those get gradually lower and lower if you do it correctly and yeah. go to the dog at the right time. If you go to the wrong time when a dog reaches its peak, you've now reached a new benchmark for the dog, for the puppy to be barking at. It goes, that was the intensity that you guys came because the dog's making noise for you to come. So you're kind of saying right out the storm a little bit before you- it's hard. It's challenging. Yeah. But if you put just just wait that little bit longer, it will drop. And then that's either when you just let the pup be yeah. or you go and reinforce with food or you then let them out of the pen when they've dropped into that calm state. But then you do – flip side is that you want duration. You don't want the dog just to learn 15 minutes. If 15 minutes is your timing and you're really struggling with it, well, then, yeah, reinforce the puppy at 15 minutes, do that a few repetitions in a row, then move to 25 minutes. And then you'll see different extinction bursts. So an extinction burst for a human would be at the lift. You press the button and you you thought you've waited too long. So you, <laughs> right, you hit the button how many times and yeah. then, you know, it happens in many different, um, different ways. So, so think about that, that you will, um, the behavior will get worse or like a lot of trainers use the example of the switch. You turn the switch on, normally it turns on. Some days you go there, you turn the switch, it doesn't work, so you click it a few times. If it worked after a few times, you're more conditioned. Uh, the next time it doesn't work to hit it a few times. Do you see what right. I mean? But if it didn't work, if it was truly out and you clicked it, clicked it, clicked it, clicked it, clicked it, it's like, oh, it doesn't work. You yeah. do it again the next time and you're like, hey, I think the globe needs to be changed, for example. So you can see these are examples of an extinction burst and it will happen with your puppy. It will get worse before it gets better. Mm. And that can go, that can work in reverse in regards to how you ride behaviors out when you do different commands in a row. You don't want commands to go too long without being reinforced or then it will become extinct. But then if you go just at the right time to reward, then you've made your dog more resilient to do better behaviors so with more drive. Timing is key. Timing's the hardest, but the most important. Mm. So it's a little bit about separation and make sure that, you know, you're giving your dog enough, like your puppy, as much stimulation and stuff as you can. Enrichment is important. Fill food with Kongs in it and like, you know, plastic bottles where it can push it around and destroy it. And there's heaps of different interactive games, stuff, toys. As long as your puppy's not swallowing the contents of it, Give that puppy things to, mm. to destroy and to play with. Keep it engaged and playing. We've said before, or you've said before, like um, maybe you take a bit of time off from from work when you get a get a puppy, and then talking about separation, is that um, something that you like? Maybe you turn it into a game to gradually increase that length mm. of separation. So the dogs are home. Maybe you just go like check the mail or something, come back. Definitely. Mark and reward. This and is where gradually people, increase that. Yes, this is where people screw up. They do the two weeks. They go off. And they spend all the time with the puppy and then they got to go to work for eight hours. They've never gradually yeah, gone up to eight hours right. on their own. The dog's so. used to having the dog, yeah. uh, the human 24-7. Yeah. The yeah. nighttime works because you sleep. Yeah. But then during the day it doesn't work because they haven't. So in that time or that two weeks, you're engaging and doing early exposure and socialization and doing all these good things and teach the dog how to be on its own, the puppy on it to be on its own. Yeah. Very, very important. Even if you are at home. Puppy can be in the living room. You come into the office to do your work or play a game, watch a movie or something. Do Give it the opportunity to do it from day one. Mm. Um, and don't go. Don't expect too much too too quickly as well. I think people can get too hardcore with it and then they f- 
they just mess that up as well. So yeah. every dog's, every puppy's different. Um, everyone's experience, different emotional tolerances. And I was like, I can't handle it. I have to go to them. You know, these things are all affected as well. So don't be too rational. Don't be too emotional. You got to meet in the middle and have a guide. Write it down. He did 25 minutes without a bark. Good. Do that 10 out of 10. Then go to 45 minutes or maybe 35 minutes mm. and then increase it gradually again, depending on the puppy. You know how much they can tolerate. And then, of course, you can correct certain behaviors, but I wouldn't do that in the first few weeks. Um, that just doesn't do anything except for make the puppy more stressed. So yeah. don't get too mad and freak the puppy out. But when they start getting a little bit older and they, and they have to have this issue, then there are ways to correct it. Sometimes some people use a water squirt or a little tap on the, on the, on the, on the, um, the, the fence. The exercise pen to be like, uh, uh-uh, and like a little tap or something like that or negative punishment. Remove yourself. If you rock up and you're doing, you're cleaning the house and the dog starts making noise up, oh, I'm going to leave now. Mm. It's like I pushed you further away because of my barking. Right. So that could be another thing too. How old would a puppy be before you would say it's appropriate to- To correct them? To correct. Let's say with like a a little water bottle or something like that. A few months or- Once the puppy knows to do it on their own and to be calm on their own for a good- Like if you know the puppy is now- Like if he's not truly stressed- And he's doing it because he goes, oh, well, like he's frustrated and he's trying to get your attention. And you know that the puppy has done it before or plenty of times before of being calm. Then you go, that that behavior can be corrected because you know what correct sure. behavior is. And you've said this before, like um, show the dog the right behavior before you yeah. correct the wrong behavior. Imagine if you're stressed, you've been there for two days and you're barking because you're freaking out and then you get corrected on top of it. There's adds more conflict to conflict and you're just not going to get yeah. anywhere. So, um, so that's that. Puppy proofing inside and out, like you know. Right now, I'm looking at a carpet, and if you had a puppy, I'd say remove the carpet. Just, just, just proof your place, man. Mm. You have the carpet there. You know what's going to happen. Put he's your shoes away. Put he, your socks away. Yeah, he's going to pee on the carpet yeah. number one because you're teaching him to do it on puppy pads. Mm. And now you see a carpet. I talked about this in the Q and A about toilet training. Is that like you just remove the carpet? Mm-hmm. Next time, when you know the puppy's gone better, then you can add the carpet. Or he may start destroying your. Chewing really, it, yeah. yeah, really expensive, nice, your favorite carpet or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, your shoes, your clothes. If your puppy keeps on chasing, running away with your socks, well, then just don't keep your socks where you, you know, close the doors. If you can, make sure that you're, you're proofing your house. Like have a, if you have a screen door, have one of those automatic closed hinges so it can close up on its own so the puppy's not running out. Out in the backyard, we've talked about this before. Make sure that puppies can't slip under the fence. They can't get stuck in places. You like your pot plants? You like your plants? Cool. Then keep them up high because your puppy will kill them. Um, you know, think about your wicker furniture. If you like it, you probably shouldn't leave it out. So if you can proof the place a little bit. Now, my mom would say, I didn't move anything when you were, I just told you how to do it. I agree with that too. Mm. But ex- what do you expect from an eight week old puppy? Mm. Like, especially if you're not around, it's, it's going to be teething. It wants to satiate its mouth on chewing something. So you want to give it things to chewing rather than chewing on your, your expensive wooden, um, chair, for example. So yeah. if you can proof it, then at least then you've got good management. Um, there's not, you can't put everything up on up high. Um, but at least then if you're, and again, the puppy shouldn't be in its pen if you're having a shower outside of the pen when you're engaging or you're around. So if you see it, you go, no, you've lost your privileges of being inside or you redirect the um, the biting by giving it a game or doing a training session. So then you're managing it and kind of sometimes if it's like it is chewing up on like the leg of your chair, for example, again, don't kill me. This is probably not the best advice, but it works is you put a little bit of Vicks on the bottom there. They the puppy licks yeah. it once and goes, what in the hell was that? And I'll probably leave it alone. <laughs> again, I don't know how safe that is for a puppy. Yeah. 
heaps of puppies have done it from my experience and I've seen people do it. Hasn't had any issues with dogs, yeah. so it works. So, and the good thing about Vaseline, I mean, with um, Vicks is it sticks around. It's like that petroleum jelly, mm. like it doesn't evaporate. With like apple cider vinegar, some people say some dogs look the crap out of it. Some people say lemon. Some people say this. So, puppy deterrence is all these different things. But be set up, be ready for these sort of behaviors because you're going to see it. It's mm. going to happen. Yeah. Um, and puppy proofing, I guess it all kind of speaks for itself. Just don't don't set your if you plan to fail, you fail to plan. And if you know, around. if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. My bad. Thank, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, talking all day, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I think that's that. Those are all also really important mm. things to think about. Puppy proofing. Don't let your puppy gain so many repetitions of the behavior you don't want. Um, some people they they um they bring the puppy home and they've got a carpeted apartment. There's nowhere else for the puppy to go. Mm. So then the guy bought like a million um quilts and just covered his whole carpet with quilts. So every time the puppy would pee, then at least it's not you going into the carpet. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know he he proofed the place. He knew it was going to happen. He didn't want it to happen. It did change over time. The puppy or knew. you could use like a bathroom or a tiled area as it's to be contained. It's more it's like pen. when you was like watching TV and you wanted the puppy to be out. Yeah. Some people would argue the puppy shouldn't be in your space outside of the pen. Without being on a leash. And I could agree with that too. Are people going to do it? Probably not. Mm. When I get the puppy that I want and the puppy's going to be in my house, he wouldn't be inside my house off the lead. No way. But I have that discipline and that forward thinking. But so most you'd have people, like a house lead? Yeah, just have a house lead, nice and short, and be like, you want to be inside with me? We're watching TV. You're going to hang out in your bed while I hang out. We're going to do this for 20 minutes. I'm going to reward you some of your dinner while you're on the bed, and then I'm going to take you out. Yep. Um, because it needs to go toilet and things like that, you yeah. know, every 30 minutes or so. There's a good segue maybe um, feeding the puppy. Yes, that was on the list here somewhere. So feeding, normally my advice is feed, and again, I'm no nutritionist or vet, but I'd say feed your puppy, especially for your larger breeds, three times a day up until six months, from six to 12 months twice a day, 12 months and over I feed once a day. Yeah. And so, then in terms of, um, we've talked about this before, the existential food, using that or possibly using um, trait. Turning that into a training experience, yeah, a training sure. opportunity. Well, like, you know, we're so hooked with feeding our dog in the bowl, which I get it's convenient. Mm. But what's also convenient is teaching, all right, um, it's it's um, dinner time and I got your all of your food that you would earn comes from my pouch and we do training from it. Yeah. Um, you want to come inside and watch TV with me? Cool. Well, then how about you stay on your bed and I start rewarding you for doing the behavior. If you get off the bed, well, then no feeding for another 20 minutes and we'll try it again, for example. Yeah. And that way there, if you do this properly, you'll see over time. The puppy will start understanding I get fed when I'm calm inside the house. Could be another way or doing training. I put, I invest energy into training because I get energy from it rather than feeding the puppy for free and then trying to get him to work for food. So this is another thing, which a lot of people do. Um, if I go to a client's house, I just say, just don't feed the puppy before I come. Obviously, if I'm coming in the afternoon, feed him in the morning because I'm going to go hungry. Yeah. But, um, but it, but just don't feed them immediately before I come and take them for some walk and then they're tired and they're full while they do anything for me. So I think that's important. So you, you had another rule. I mean, I've heard you, um, you've mentioned this to me before off air. Um, when a dog is not taking to its food, uh, yeah, you good take point. the food away, right? After yeah. a certain amount of time to just leave it there mm-hmm. like a, like an open buffet. Yeah. Beautiful. Good point. Um, if you are feeding from a bowl, bowls down for five minutes, the puppy doesn't eat it, it's gone. Yeah. And you wait till the next uh, um, feeding time. So if it's in the morning, you feed and the puppy decides not to eat or only eat half of it, don't leave it there. You take it away. No food. 
until next feeding time, which would be in the afternoon yeah. or midday or whatever so it is. They learn to respect the timing of yeah. the meal. It's a valuable resource. Yeah. Don't just let it sit around and just do nothing with it because you make a fussy dog from that. Yeah. Um, or, and especially when they're puppies, you want them to eat their food. So that's very important. Or you don't start adding extra things into it. Um, if you're choosing kibble to feed Extra then, food, you mean? Yeah, yeah, extra food. Oh, he didn't eat, so I had to put steak in it. Right, you know what like I mean. Like trying everything under the sun to get the dog to eat it, yeah. As opposed to saying, "Hey, you've had you've had ten minutes to eat your food. It's yeah. going." If you've chosen chosen to give him steak or raw food or whatever, then mm. that's what you've chosen to give them. But don't start Stick adding to it after yeah. it because then he learns. If I don't eat it, you start putting extra treats in there. Yeah. It's awesome, right? Yeah. Um, also, from thing. kibble to prime rib, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then <laughs> he goes, "Why eat kibble?" Right? Yeah. Another thing is all well, very important on feeding is when your puppy's eating. Um, People say I take the bowl away and I touch them and I mess with the food. I get that and that's okay. I say go a step further and go, this kind of goes against what I just said though, is if you are going to approach the puppy when they're eating is they don't just start messing around and taking their food away. Of course, they're going to get aggressive because you're taking the food away. Mm. So go there and hang out with them when they're eating. Sometimes you use your marker, say yes, and then give them a treat or give them something a little bit higher value when you're around to show them that when you come, you're giving me stuff. Higher value than the food that's in the bowl. Yeah. So again, the food might be just, let's say, like chicken and or could rice just be kibble, or kibble, right? yep. just kibble. And then you've got your you got, you got frankfurts, you've got your high value yeah. frankfurts or something like that. Now, that may show them that, well, then they'll walk away from the food because they want to eat from you. And I guess that could cause another problem. Mm. If they, again, leave it for five minutes and they haven't eaten it, well, it's gone. So, like, that's where you're eating. But when I come... There's a possibility for something more yep. valuable to come. So then there's no need to be aggressive and try to guard the food mm. because you're going to take it from me. Imagine you were eating. I kept on taking food yeah. away from you. Yeah, you, That's a bad experience. Yeah. Three weeks later, I come close and you stab me in the hand with a fork. You're <laughs> like, don't you come close to me again. You keep taking my food away and it sucks. Yeah. Or you're touching me. That's so, the, so me, the owner coming um, close to you while you're eating is a positive experience. Yeah, yep. definitely. Um, charge the marker. Well, again- we talked about marker training, but, you know, um, listen to that. But as a quick refresher, you say yes within 1.6 seconds. You give the dog food. Yes and food. Yes and food. So then the puppy starts understanding. Yes means you're going to reward them. And this is a fundamental foundation of all of our training. Very, very important. I highly suggest you listen to that episode to marker make sense training. of this. Yep. It's marker training. Right? Which one was that? I think that was four maybe. Somewhere around there. Four it's called five. marker training. You yeah. can't miss it. Yeah. And... Then the next one, we talk about luring. So start showing your puppy. Remember we talked about in episode three, we're talking about how the fundamentals. We want to teach puppies how to learn. Mm. Well, luring is one of those, um, those stages. So you get your food, you start, the dog starts to follow your hand, you reward them. They follow your hand at the end of the run. Say they take six steps with your hand. You say yes and give them the food. And this becomes a foundation of shaping, um, the commands that will come, the sit, the down, the come, the bed, the look are some of the basics that we work on with a mm. puppy. Make training fun, make it either dinner time, extra high value food, but do it three to five times a day, three to five minutes each session. Start showing them how to earn those treats by doing the engaging game. Mm. Three reasons why I do obedience training, teaching practical skills, getting the mind-body connection sparked up and ready to go, and bonding time. Improve your connection and your relationship with your dog. And that's such an important thing to think about as well because- why do you have a dog? Yeah. It's to form a bond with an animal. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And you want them to listen to you and yeah. respect you. And you can go to places and go to your friend's house and people go, like today I came here and you're like, oh, we're Spades and Nookie. Yeah, I was caught. Right? I was yeah. like, I wanted you to, I haven't seen them in like a month and I want to, you know, they're cool I, dogs. I felt like you're going to like slap me one <laughs> <laughs> because, um, because they're a joy to be around. So mm. if that's the case, 
then make sure that your puppy's that one. Mm. Um, you want your dog to be that, like yeah. the dog that everyone wants to see. When I, when I walk down the street and I'm with a client, they're like, that's a beautiful dog. Spades. That's good. It could be spades. Yeah. It could be my client's dog. But when someone says that's a beautiful dog because of looks, I want what a good dog because, yeah. of course, it looks good, but also it's well-behaved. That's a good compliment mm. because you put effort. You haven't put any effort in making it look good unless, obviously, you mistreat it or you don't groom it and yeah. stuff. But, like um, – Looks are already there, but behavior you make. Spades is is no ugly dog, but he is a mixed breed. He's yeah. not. He wasn't bred for looks. The reason no. people love him is because he's so well behaved and yeah. such a joy to be around. Yeah, he's got this aura. When did the Christmas photos down at um, Miranda? So we took Spades and Nookie into Westfields and mm. um, to take the photos. And everyone, like, of course, Nookie's cute, and everyone wants to like say yeah. hi to her. But that, but everyone was like psyched about the dogs because they had this. They have, they have an aura mm. around them. Like you know, these like they're just hanging out. Or I tell them down. And they stay in there down yep. until I release them. And I didn't raise Nookie, but we did puppy training with Nookie. And they did four sessions of puppy training and four sessions of obedience training before they gave the dog to me. Yeah. So, they did everything right. And they were awesome um, in regards to their training because now you can see Nookie. She's had all this from a puppy. You, she knew how to do all of these things. And they shaped her, right? Like she knew a bed command. I'll say bed and she'll run off into another room to go into a bed. So, start teaching all of these while they're young to um, teach Puppies, how to learn, make training fun, and also make your commands valuable. And make them. them want to learn more. That's right. right. Yeah. You know, making the, the, the training itself, regardless of what the outcome of the training, but making the training a positive experience yeah. for them. Engaging. Yeah. And focus building. Yeah. And um, biting and destructive behavior. We talked a little bit about destructive behavior, good management, um, puppy Vicks. proofing. <laughs> yeah, Vicks. If it yeah. works, it works. Yeah. It's awesome. And- also, because like, that's quite a common thing, right? For puppies that they're teething and they're yeah. testing the world out and that kind of thing. So, beyond Vix, what's a what, what um, do you do? So, look, I, your puppy's going to destroy things. That's just kind of what about in happen. terms of like biting your hand? Biting your hand's like different. So, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. So, destructive behavior, you deal with that, deal with it as best as you can. If I've missed anything out, then I guess we can address that later. Um, with the biting, biting is still mouth, we call it mouthing because biting's like I've Bitten you sure. because I'm, okay. I'm a bite. Yeah. So to make the distinction, it's yeah. mouthing. Mouthing. Looks mouthing like nibbling is like, on your hand. Nah, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, he's, he just wants to play with your hand and stuff. Now, puppies use their mouth like we use our hands. So a few things to deal with that. First of all, if your puppy's super young, eight, nine, 10 weeks old, 11 weeks old, 15 weeks old, like you can't punch, you're not going to really punish sure. it. We'll talk about correction because there is a good time to correct the puppy. Mm. But first point of action is have um, a whole bunch of tug toys in your house. So what I do, because um, first of all, a tug toy you buy at the store, that can be very hard. And if you look inside the tug toy, there's a lot of threads. And if a little puppy's teeth, like a canine tooth, gets stuck in that thread and you pull it, you're going to make it sore and it's not going to want to play the game anymore with you. Okay. So, and also it's so thick, like a puppy can't really get a good grip on something so thick. Like if this is a puppy's mouth and it's trying to grip something like that, like yes. Get its mouth sure. all the way open. So what I do is I get an old towel, cut strips, okay. like thin strips, and then I plait it like you'd plait a hair. Yeah. And good thing about a towel is that it has got less threads in it, so it can get a and also because it's thin, so it can get a really good soft grip. Up. Yeah. It's soft, so it can but really, still strong and yeah. strong, so it can get a good grip, and you can really play the game with it. Do you have to plait it? You couldn't just use an old towel. You could as it is. Just plaiting it makes it a little bit 
squishy. Okay. And like it's got a bit of texture to it. And it's not like like and that feels good for them to bite it. Yeah, because if it's a towel on its own we can you can still use, but it's a bit more What about even if you just like rip. rolled it and tied it up or something? Again, you could do yeah. that. But plaiting it just kind of keeps it together. Okay. And you have two knots on either end, you have one in the front door, you have one in the kitchen, you have one in the living room, one at the bedroom, for example. So you and these aren't puppy toys. This is for you to redirect the behavior. It's like, "Oh shit, my puppy's biting my feet." You get the toy and you go here and tie a rope on it even or have like a long towel that you've plaited. So that way there you don't have to bend your back over and this thing runs around like it's a little mouse running around the house and then the puppy gets a play and chase it. So you're redirecting it. Yeah. Redirecting it just gives them the opportunity to still use their mouth as as intended naturally, but we're getting them to bite what we want them to bite, not our clothes and our feet and things like that. People say ignore biting. How do you ignore biting when you've got needles um, smashing on your on your feet? It's just very hard, especially if you're there and a puppy bites you, you move yeah, away. sharp, eh? Yeah, and they, they see your hand move quick. They want to then chase it and bite mm. it. So something called power hour, the witching hour. It's a time where the dog gets zoomies and starts getting all crazy, normally after dinner, normally at the end of the day when we come home, which is normally- That's the start of their day, The right? start of their yeah. day, right? So you come home, they get all crazy. It's normally around 7, 8 o'clock is normal, that normal time. And when we see it, especially after they've eaten, they've got a big burst of energy and that's when it's going to happen. So if you notice that then, start doing a training session around these zoomies time. Mm. Harness their energy into the game that you want to play. Play tug, show them that, you know, if you can start already teaching a sit and like a bed or the down, then have a command for your tug and be like, hey, I'm going to reward you with the tug. I don't put too much emphasis on it, but start playing the game with them, going like sit. Uh, get it and we can play the game for example and that way there then the the puppy learns i'll get that from doing this and it's again early foundational learning older dog i don't tolerate any mouthing if they've got their full set of teeth and they're doing it we need to correct that behavior mm. now there is times where you've got to correct the so puppy. at what point that be, what point do you define that time wise when they get their adult teeth normally around six, six months. seven months old which is when you're starting to actually transition to obedience training yeah anyway, in the right? way that i train yeah, yeah we do a puppy training up to five or six months old Five or six is like that cusp, and then mm. from six, seven months onwards, we're doing obedience training. So we expect more from our dogs. Our dogs can do more. They're young dogs. They're not puppies. Yeah. Again. Teenagers. The d- d- defining words are- there's Young probably, adults. Yeah, yeah, there's probably science about what's a puppy, what's not, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, so to correct the puppy, hard to do it. Maybe people that are watching the video can kind of see what I'm doing. I'm going to try to explain it. I have to kind of show you yeah. with, with a puppy. But basically, there's going to be times where redirecting it doesn't work because people are poor at it. Um, they don't do enough of it. And there's times where puppies can just be little assholes and they just want to bite you, right? <laughs> so um, so there's times to correct it. Now, I'll show you two ways of correcting it. Don't shoot me. Don't hate on me because I correct the puppy. But um, but everyone will be better off knowing this anyway. Again, you're probably going to mess it up me explaining it, but I'll just go real quickly. We hang out with a puppy where like, Patting it and then out of nowhere just goes, bah, and it bites you really hard because it loves to bite things. Now, sometimes you can't redirect it or you can't reinforce good behavior and it's very appropriate to correct the puppy. Now, one time I would, one thing that I would do is as soon as the pup goes to like grab my hand or like bite my hand, I get, so let's just say this microphone here is the dog's mouth. Yeah. He starts bite, like biting on my hand. I get my, my hand that's not being bitten at the back of the puppy's head. And I just, as soon as he's committed to biting, I just wedge my finger closer to um, the inside of the dog's mouth the while I'm clamping. Mouth, yeah. So I kind of like. Right. 
And what happens so you can watch this is probably better. So he starts inviting me and I do this. I say, no, and I hold, and I hold it. And as soon as I hold it long enough, you're going to see the puppy's going to start backing away. Right. And as soon as he starts backing away is when I release all pressure. Right. So I show him, you bite my finger, I will clamp it. At the same time, I say no or ah, uh, or use a verbal command of your liking. You hold it. As soon as he starts backing away, you release all pressure immediately. So Do you mark after that or not? If he lets go, you can mark, yes, and reward for sure. I would probably get him to do something alternate, like- sit or something just get his mind away from the biting now you've got to use the right intensity don't go super hard where you're no, hurting the course. puppy but go enough where it's uncomfortable, uncomfortable. very yeah. very important people don't think that i'm like being a devil to the to the dog um you hold that pressure hold that pressure he starts backing away you release yeah. it and show I mean, him. It's, it's a tiny dog it's probably almost no pressure to get you that can result. sometimes yeah. if it's small enough you can just do it with one hand but we're talking about like a you know a five month old Bully. Um, bully or like a German Shepherd puppy, like the guy just wants to chomp on everything. Mm. Um, you go, uh-uh, and then you hold it. The pup starts moving away, and then, uh-uh, you do it, uh-uh, and then he will do it on his own because he's relieving it. That's when you would reward it. So that's the time to reward is when he chooses not to. And nine times out of ten, you do that. The puppy then starts and starts licking you instead of biting, and then you reward that and you play a game. Let's say um, all these situations where you're going to mark and reward, let's say in the house, how do you manage the actual? Uh, are you like you having? Are you having your treat pouch on you while you're have in the your house? pouch on you in people, the house? In the house, you can. Yeah. Why not? Or you just have little stations around the place where you can get it. Quickly. Kitchen bench. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a true marker, you mark it. The dog will wait. The pup's like, oh, well, the food's yeah, coming yeah. and you go grab it. Now, if it's all the way in the kitchen and you're all the way here and here is like a 20-meter walk, it's too far away. So, if it was here, like we have a room here and then the living room's just there, I'd have some food here. I'd have some food on the bench where the dog can't get it, well, some on the dining table and some on the kitchen bench. Yeah. So, it's kind of around the place. But or it does go back pocket. to your marker, doesn't it? Charging, if you, if you have charging a, a marker properly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a good marker, you can wait a few seconds to go grab it and give mm. it to him. So, um, so with the bite, that's what I do. Or if the- Puppy is super, super duper crazy and naughty. You have two more options. It's either you have a, like you just have a flat collar on the, on the puppy's neck or on a harness. You have the lead attached, a short lead, like a 20 centimeter lead. As soon as he goes, you say, uh, uh-uh, uh, or no, and a sharp little mm-hmm. pop on the lead. And then he, he's supposed to not like it. And then he stops and then you redirect it with the, with the tug toy. So you're showing him bite. I want you to bite, but you can't bite my skin, man. I see some people. They've got, like, scars all over them because mm. of their puppies. Like, mm. they've been, like, self-mutilating themselves. Bad. Um, so, no good. So, um, and it's just a bad habit. It's just very – it's – again, if it's eight weeks old, you just What's going to happen when that dog does that behavior with a small child who's not your child, like yeah. a random child well, in the street? Well, I see dogs or- that are, like, nine months old and they're still mouthing like they're, th- like they're three months old. And mm. It's just not appropriate. Yeah. So, um, so, get them out of that habit. And again, you're going to have to accept some of it. He's a puppy. Yeah. So there is a tolerance. I'm talking about when you've gotten to the point where it's like, this needs to stop. Yeah. Um, or you can be that the, the puppy starts doing that behavior. And you're like, you're done. Boom. Into the pen. You've lost privilege of being in my, in my space. You've got to wait 20 minutes until we bring you out again. Mm-hmm. Again, that could be a problem because if it's got zoomies and it's in there and you haven't, you haven't been, you haven't set them up before. So if you know it's that time, do a training session, go for a little walk, drain the energy into other areas rather than onto you. So I think that's another. I just laugh when you say when when you say zoomies because 
there's a subreddit on Reddit. It's literally just called Zoomies. And people just put up photo videos of their dogs doing Zoomies. Yeah, man. You see them like doing like the circuit around the house, yeah. up onto the couch yeah. and off over here. And yeah. Look, it's fun. It's fun watching them, but yeah. you got to harness that energy yeah. if you can. So yeah. that's, and that was a question. I was going to put that on a Q&A, but I'm just going to tell her that it's up in this episode because it's all kind of, you know, bringing mm. your puppy home. This is what you're going to expect for a couple of months. Um, not to mention all the other important things like, Exposing him to the world and, you know, and going more into detail about other, teaching other him dogs how to learn as well, yeah. other dogs, everything else. And we talked about that a little bit. And we're yeah. going to talk more about it because it's even in even more detail mm. or to remind because you can't, you, you can keep hearing this. You know, Jim Ron is like a, a motivational speaker says you need to hear something 16 times for, yeah. just for it to start to become second nature. So very, very important. So. That's all I'm going to talk about for today's episode. Yeah, I, I think, think that, that was, was um, enough things for people to digest. As always, any questions or things you would like to give any feedback on or you've tried it didn't work and yep. stuff, you know, let me know. There's a whole bunch of videos on the on Nutris Pooch's um, YouTube channel, which has um, – I have, like, different playlists. One's about puppies, and we talk about this stuff and show you how to do it. Mm. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Find us uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. All of that, leave us a review if you're on iTunes. Um, leave yeah. a comment, leave a rating. 100%. Share it with a friend we appreciate to tell it. people about it. Yeah, yeah. that's another great, ra- great way of um, spreading it. Like yeah. send an episode to a friend. Maybe they've Someone, never heard of it. Someone's got a big following on Instagram, forgot his name, and he's um, and he's been listening to the podcast and he's like, hey, thanks for your help already. And he's 12 year old little puppies um, doing really well. So awesome. he's, you know, it's helping people out. And That's why you started yeah. it. Yeah, 100%. Yep. It's, it's a for a brochure. People ask me these questions and they can't see me. They're somewhere else and I, and I may not be able to mm. recommend. So listen to this. It's mm. somewhere to start. So plus you don't have to repeat the same thing a million times. Yeah. Cause it's 100% recorded. It's so good. Yeah. We've got an archive of putting my thoughts onto it and we're giving it out for free to the people. So that's it. Content cool. is king. That's it. All right. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. Episode 11. We will see you next time. Have a great Christmas and a yeah. uh, happy new year. Merry Christmas to you all. And we appreciate your heaps. Yep. And uh, see you in 2020. That's it. See you, bro. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches Thank you and stay tuned for next time.